Sounds like football, baby. <laughs> What up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It's July, July the 6th of recording this. Uh, Jake and I observed the 4th of July holiday yesterday, so we're coming at you a day later on YouTube. If you listen on the podcast Thursday this week, uh, but Warren can let you go a whole week without hearing from us. So welcome into the Smackdown. We're going to be talking 2021 sleepers on today's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And with me, as always, the excellence of execution. He's the man with the fork stand. Jake, rip your heart out. Jake, rip at Jake Takes FF. Woo! Oh, no. <laughs> the crowd's turned what, on you. What is this? Is this because of the mock draft, you think? <laughs> it's got to be, I'm man. You can, we, we're, we're promoting you. Everybody's, you know, we're going to be on the war zone for mock draft, and I'm the only one. I'm the only representative of the SmackDown, bro. What happened? Well, oh, listen, man, crazy, crazy lightning storm came out of nowhere. I jumped on with uh, Jerry and Memphis for, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me redo that. I jumped on with Jerry and Memphis. That was a bad one. Hold on. Jerry and Memphis. <laughs> oh, he's going to love that. That's going to be my new go-to sound when we're doing mock drafts and we have Memphis in there. Every time he's on the clock, it's just going to be Memphis. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, needless to say, I added some new uh, some new sounds so that we can, can. Well, you know, in the Dynasty War Zone here, we have the battle of the soundboards between me and Memphis. Uh, so you know, if he's going to be throwing all these sweet sounds at me and throwing in all these Family Guy references, well, then I'll be damned if I'm going to let him beat me. You're not making this easy, Kyle. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. Man. Shut up, Kyle. Man, I've never. That's <laughs> digging deep. <laughs> okay. Oh. Way too much fun right off the top. I don't even know if you asked me a question. I just, but I was, I was just itching to get in there and start hitting buttons like crazy. So, so for the for the people, what uh, what happened last week? Why were you missing an action uh, from yeah, the man. from the mock draft? Lightning storm, crazy. Uh, power went out throughout the entire mock draft. I was really hoping I could jump in there like halfway through and just have this cr- crazy dramatic entrance. I had the Stone Cold entrance queued up and ready to go. It was gr- it was going to be so sweet in my head, but. Uh, Never came to fruition. Actually, to be to be truthful with you, Power ended up coming on about 20 minutes after the mock draft ended, as uh, <laughs> as fate would have it. So yeah, Perfect. I was super, super bummed to not be a part of it. I got to uh, tune in on YouTube for like uh, 10 minutes before I realized my phone was gonna die. And uh, when your phone dies and you don't have power, well, it's just it's not the, <laughs> it's not the best of situations when you're trying to complete a mock draft. But yeah. got through it. I didn't hate my team. Uh, but got through it. Yeah, actually, and it was. I definitely knew that you were still there because we saw the little green dot by your name. But the picks that were being made, I was like, "This is the Jake Rip team." If I ever saw one, yeah, made yeah. some really good selections there. Uh, I waited a, a little too late, especially on quarterback. You grabbed Tannehill, and I I kicked the can one too many times. It was a lot of fun. So if you missed last that last week, that was on the War Zone. It's in the same feed, so hopefully you didn't miss it. But if you didn't get a chance to listen. Uh, Memphis, Jerry, myself were live on the show. Jake uh, draft was able to draft his team and uh, had a little bit of commentary. I know you were texting me a bit, but uh, unfortunately just couldn't get that to line up. But that won't be the last mock draft we do here. We'll definitely be having a, a few throughout the remainder of draft season as we get close. And we'll have Memphis and Jerry on this podcast. Speaking of Memphis and Jerry, I I can never count on what, uh, whether Jerry's going to be there, but I know Memphis will be. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube... <laughs> 
All right, I swear I'm gonna. St- I won't do that the entire show. I'm, I might actually delete that one because I can't help it. It's so good. I I, I definitely dig it. Um, but if you're watching on YouTube, it's gonna be a double dose of the Warzone Cruise today. We're recording right now. Obviously, if you're watching us live, and then if you're watching us live, you're gonna f- uh, stick around because Memphis is gonna be on with the Warzone regular scheduled programming. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. And another full week here on the Warzone Network. If you're not already. Make sure you're subscribed. We're going to have a ton of content building up here as we get closer and closer to the season. Rate and review the show if you like what you hear. And if I highly encourage you to, uh, obviously, a lot of Scott Fishbowl talk uh, these days on Twitter. It's uh, kicked off this week. And uh, Memphis and Jerry and Dr. Kyle and Tyler were representing the Warzone on the Podathon. So if you want to check that out, I will tweet it out uh, at Kyle Month 8. They were in the third part uh in the last few hours so you can go back and check those guys out on there it was a lot of fun and i a little bonus on that part three uh if you go back a few hours before the warzone crew aj and g of the aussie guys put on a hell of a show i can't give it away any more than that uh you have to check out their part of the potathon but big props to scott fish and all the guys out uh doing the potathon was a ton of fun tuning into that uh throughout the last day and last but not least before we move into just uh some more some more sleeper talk and get moving. Jake, I'm digging this shirt, bro. This is, you're bringing your A game here. So if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out uh, because, I mean, dude, that's a great shirt. I love it. One of my yeah, favorite. You know movies. what? If I was really thinking coming into this, I would have uh, downloaded some super bad sound drops into the, into the board over here, but uh, that one slipped my mind. I'm sure I might even have some already just for my past life. So. Uh, oh, look here. I figured this out just for G. I figured out how to put comments oh, in, the, uh, like in the broadcast that. here. So he was giving me crap for ignoring him in the last show. So G, shout out to you. G's let me tag along in his SFB ride. Um, so we've been uh, kind of collaborating there a bit. So uh, again, if you missed the Aussie guys on the Potathon, you got to go check it out. I'll give you the timestamps even um, if you follow me on Twitter. I'll put it out there for you guys. So um, before we dive into our sleepers, Jake and I brought a half dozen each. Jake, he's a he's an overachiever. He brought some extra names for you guys. So we're going to drop a ton of sleepers on today's show. But uh, in uh, in honor of Scott Fishbowl this year, whose, whose theme is uh, music, so they got all sorts of band uh, divisions and, and all of that. Uh, Jake, putting you on the spot, I didn't prep you with this. Favorite, favorite band? Oh man, that's such a and that's such a that's such a question to put me on the spot for too. This is going to be recorded. I really don't want to mess this up because I take pride in listening to good music. Believe it or not. Yeah. Boy, favorite band. That's such a broad question. I'll, I'll keep the show rolling. I dude, I love to I just jam out to some Motley Crue. My, okay. my, <laughs> my dad got me into like that those uh, '80s hair bands coming up. He was always listening to Motley Crue, uh, Kiss. Oh. White snake, that kind of thing. Motley so, Crew, uh, baby. Yeah, uh, man, I love me some Motley Crew. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell me, you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Uh, it's it's been a minute. I couldn't reference oh. anything, dude. Hot Tub Time Machine is is so perfect, man. So much Motley Crew. In fact, they re, he renames. He goes back in time, takes over Motley Crew, and renames it Motley Lou. Um, so it's it's amazing. That's one of my hey, one of my favorite movies, and it is a crap movie. Um, uh, yeah, good deal, man. I, I was thinking about this too. It's really, really hard to pin some down. Uh, I usually end up on, uh, here we go. G's chiming in here. Kickstart my heart right there. Let's go. Um, 
uh if you're and if you're liking this you definitely have to go check out aj and g i can't uh i can't tell you guys that enough uh if i had to pick one i will just a, like one or two the offspring it always seems to be a band that i fall back into and uh mxpx my first love uh yeah bro i don't even know what that is is oh, that like the, is that like the crackling oats of music no dude it just it just punk rock like pop punk it's good it's good stuff they've been around forever so i have a i have a couple team names that are references to mxpx songs so uh when you have 20 teams jake you can get creative and pull this stuff so uh and then last but not least for sfb because scott always likes to throw in different things that people should try like from a scoring or league or setting standpoint um he does a really good job of mixing it up i know he introduced me to like points per first down was one of the first places I ever played. It was an F- SFB. Is there anything that you look for, like in a scoring? Like, what is one unique thing that you would suggest people give it give a try? Hmm. Ooh, that's another tough one. Um. 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 Shoot, man, you're putting me on the spot here. Oh, I I'll, I'll go. I'll, uh, you I'll, know. I'll, you know. We did reference on a show. It would have been, I guess, the quarterbacks episode yeah. a few weeks ago. Um. I find six point per passing touchdown to be interesting. It spices yeah. up the quarterback position a little more. And I, you know, I, I think that's rare. I think I might play in one league out of a handful that, that actually does that. So uh, I like six point per passing touchdown for, for quarterback. The default is I'm pretty sure is four, like in everywhere else. So I, I, I can dig that. I think as someone that usually takes advantage of four point per passing touchdown, because I just go and always get those rushing quarterbacks. Right. Uh, I, Six keeps me honest, you know, so I, I mentioned it this and Scott was one of the first, but points per first down. I love it. Um, you I play with that anywhere I can. I love half PPR is definitely way more preferred for me than full. Um, but if you get if you want to get the first downs going, that just it's a fun to watch the game and see that matter. Right. That that two yard carry on first and ten ain't worth jack. But on third and one, you know, it's a little extra a little juice. Are there any that? Any bonuses that you like to use in your scoring systems, like hundred yard bonus or whatever? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I like like it's hard to like predict. So like when when you see those things, it's kind of like, am I really am I drafting other guys? Like, is uh, does Kamara take a dip because he's only going to get one hundred and fifty total yards and not really ever get a hundred rushing yards very often compared to like a Dalvin Cook, right? Um, I don't really ever account for those. If they happen, they happen. But my things generally like I like to be able to look at a stat line and know uh what the what the points were right yeah. and now points for first down is hard for that but uh otherwise like you know half ppr no yardage bonus um you know you can quickly tell like hey this is how many points this guy score without going to check your 37 leagues so yeah i keep it relatively simple i like my the scoring system i guess to be simple but um i, I like the twists and and turns and like the weird stuff to be in like the uh the league format itself like how you were talking about roulette leagues and your yeah. uh all the goofy stuff you play and you know, <laughs> into some of that more fun stuff i'm over here my 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 crazy adventures playing in six point passing touchdown quarterback <laughs> leagues Yes. Yes, exactly. And now, and then G said throughout God scoring. Yes. Standard scoring. It's got to be out there somewhere. I'm in one league, been holding on. It's dude. Is is it like a super old league or because it's funny? Yeah. It's, it's been around. We're in years. It's not super old. It's like seven year seven. I think Um, it just, uh, I was the co-commissioner to start and I was like very against PPR so much that we just never even, we never even put in half PPR. So, uh, it's, it's a depressed, it is a little depressing when you look at the scores on Sunday. Cause it's like, 
oh, 90 like, to yeah, that's all we did. That was it, you know. So I have J.K. Dobbins in that league, and I'm like, f everybody. We're not putting any PPR in this. <laughs> oh, word on the street is they might want to throw a little bit to J.K. Dobbins. No, no, so no. I hear. So that. I don't hear. worry about that. All right, let's let's dive into some sleepers now. That's just uh. Fun stuff here off the top, but let's dive into some sleepers. So what Jake and I did here was we used Fantasy Pros ADP, taking a look at right now, obviously still early, sitting here early July. Things will change. We're going to dive into all these positions <clears throat> as we get closer and closer to the to the season. So we'll sprinkle these in, and these guys will move in and out of the range. But we looked at round nine or later, um, trying to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, the good thing about those rounds is sometimes when you're, you got your queue going, you know, in the earlier rounds, it's like, okay, this or this guy, and you know you're not getting the other one, right? You got to take one. But when you get in the later rounds, sometimes, you know, where you're looking at a guy, no one else is really looking for him. So sometimes you can double up on these players a little bit more. So, Jake, I'm going to kick it to you first. Uh, for your first sleeper, we'll just go back and forth here, but uh, why don't you get us started? Yeah, okay, so first guy we got here. I'm not digging super deep here. Uh, I think round nine and above ended up being like um, – a hundred overall and above, or something like that, in the in the player rankings. Yeah, this guy here, one thirty three overall, being slept on. I don't know why, man. I can't get enough of Mike Williams. Oh, there we go. Yeah, right. man. Uh, this is one where I'm pretty sure the ADP is going to end up uh, approaching a more realistic. It's going to level out in a more realistic area once we start to actually kick into draft season. Once we get into August. Uh, I'm starting to hear his name dropped already on a couple of podcasts now as a, as a guy who is severely undervalued. And I think that, that he is super undervalued. And we've talked about before, he's hit that 10 touchdown mark. He's gotten a thousand, was it a thousand or 1100 somewhere in that ballpark of, of receiving yards in a single season. And uh, I just want to see him put it all together. And this seems like a weird season to be, fading Mike Williams. It's like Joe Mixon to me, like um, in the sense that, you know, Joe Mixon, we were all, he was, he had like a stupid ADP last season and the year before it was probably a little too inflated and he disappointed both of those seasons, but now he comes in with, they're giving help to the offensive line. The entire offense is going to improve. We got Joe Burrow now, two killer receivers. Um, and, and this is the year now that people are like, oh, yeah, three killer receivers. <laughs> Don't diss my boy Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, I'm sorry, man. He's my uh, boy. But then this is the year that people are like, oh, I'm going to fade Joe Mixon. I don't know if I want to be all in on Joe Mixon. This is the best situation he's ever had in his career. Before I go on a Joe Mixon tangent, back to Mike Williams. Uh, <laughs> this is the best situation that he's going to have in his career. He um, He's never hit 100 targets before. I think his highest was 90 uh, uh, two years or so ago. I think he hits 100 targets this year. I don't see how he couldn't. Um, after Keenan Allen in that offense, it's Mike Williams. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're looking at Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, and Josh Palmer. Like None of these names even, let alone a red, a red flag, a purple flag, a white, you know, I, I'm not scared of any of these guys in the slightest. Mike Williams should have all the opportunity he needs to to ball out. If he doesn't get it done this year, then he's just never going to get it done. And um, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case, man. Once upon a time, this guy was the what seventh, sixth, seventh overall pick in the uh, NFL draft. And I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, especially when a guy's like plagued with injury and like goofy little things cause him to never pop off. Like I still want to hold on hope. And now that he's sitting here with Justin Herbert waiting in the wings who averaged 40 attempts per game last season. Fourth in the league behind Dak, Big Ben, and Joe Burrow. 
two of those guys didn't even play the entire season. I mean, Justin Herbert's just going nuts. Yeah. And I think it's reasonable to expect that maybe he takes another step forward here uh, in his sophomore season in the NFL. So, I mean, all in on Mike Williams. If we want to talk about a ceiling, and you've referenced before what a high – uh, yard per reception guy Mike Williams is. I mean, when he gets all he needs is four receptions to have a nice day. Uh, <laughs> if, that, if that volume ends up going up, man, uh, sky's the limit for him. The volume goes up, he hits that 10 touchdown marker. You're not going to like hearing this, Kyle, but the, I mean, he can be a top 15 wide receiver. It's, it's freaking possible. I'm just going to throw that out there. And again, I'm just going to reiterate he's being currently taken outside of the top 50 wide receiver, 50. One, can you explain that nonsense to me? No, man, I, I I like the call a lot. He was definitely somebody I considered for my list, so we you didn't like, have any overlap out of the gate here, but you, I love the call. You like the wide receiver 15 thing? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about wide receiver. I mean, he could. The thing we've seen, the thing we've seen with um <clears throat> with Williams is like you re- you kind of alluded to, we've seen the yardage year, we've seen the huge touchdown year. But we haven't seen those together, right? What the year that he scored, whatever the 10 touchdowns was crazy. Like I think he only had like 40 catches like it was he it was insanity um but he has been a downfield threat this is an offense that you reference that there's no like real guy behind him you know Eckler is gonna factor into that a lot you know but it's still really really solid I'm good with that I'm good with Allen and Eckler getting theirs and and still having enough there on the bone for Mike Williams you know we've never really seen Keenan Allen be a huge touchdown guy so we can roll down that narrative street and you know allude to the fact that Williams should be a red zone threat with this up and coming um option in Justin Herbert. Herbert also had a bunch of goal line like rushing touchdowns last year. We'll see if that continues uh you know if those things are re- repeated then maybe that tempers Mike Williams's red zone output just a bit. But I still think that he's somebody you're definitely taking a shot on him in the one thirties. Are you kidding me? Uh, this is an offense. We expect to throw the ball a ton. He is a guy that uh, has a lot of talent, like you said. And my favorite thing that I always like betting on is money, baby contract year. Mike Williams is trying to get that bag. Corey Davis had his fifth year option declined, right? So he's already hit free agency. He got his money and had his best season, right? No coincidence. Sorry guys, but this is how it is. There's more on the line, and Mike Williams, this is his year because he had his fifth-year option picked up, so he's going to hit free agency next year potentially or maybe looking to get that franchise tag money. Um, I think Mike Williams is in for a really good year. I am not. I'm not. I don't think I'm putting out top 15. Is it in the cards? Maybe, because I do think this is an offense that could support two top 15 wide receivers, but I'd feel much more comfortable with saying, like, hey, is Mike Williams my wide receiver three throughout the year? Yeah, I could see that happening, and you don't have to take him anywhere near that price tag, so good return on that. So. Here's a here's a goofy question for you. You think he out targets um, Austin Eckler? Without yeah, without digging all the way into it, like it's breaking it down. I I don't oh. know. I don't I I don't. What what is Eckler's? What what's his targets per game? I mean, because I think Eckler is 120 targets outside of the realm for for Eckler. I, I guess I don't know what the comparison is, but I Probably I think fine. you could. I think if you give um if you give Mike Williams 110 targets, he's still he could he could be a wide receiver three, you know, with with that upside of a decent amount of touchdowns, right? So I like that call. The he's you know that's a that's pretty much free, you know, when you're talking about that, you know. So. 108 targets for Austin Eckler in 2019. Yeah, I I think he could I think he could out target him, especially with the fact that they brought in Jared Cook, but they didn't really bring in any other tight end. They lost Hunter Henry, so. Um, I like that call a lot. He's somebody I'm going to end up with in a bunch of spots. Um, dig Mike Williams quite a bit. I will pivot 
to another receiver that's actually just behind uh, Mike Williams, just behind Mike Williams with wide receiver 51. One of my sleepers is wide receiver 52 overall. So this is a 12th round guy uh, and in an offense that's going to chuck the ball a ton. Michael Gallup, baby. And I don't care. It's a little bit of homerism. This is a guy that has produced. He has a thousand yard season two years ago, a hundred plus targets the last two seasons. And you can definitely point to the fact that those targets last year were not up to the same par as those 2019 targets. He's right behind T.Y. Hilton and Mike Williams in ADP ahead of Marvin Jones and Henry Ruggs. Um, <laughs> and when you look at this offense, they're going to continue to have to throw the ball a ton. He's Dak's going to be 620 plus pass attempts because this defense is hot garbage. They took Micah Parsons in round one. That isn't going to be enough. Uh, they brought in a whole new scheme to this defense. They are going to continue to be a sieve. And all three of these wide receivers can produce. I also like the fact, not that you want to count on injuries, but if Lamb or Cooper misses any time, that's just going to vault Gallup up even more. And But he can be a solid wide receiver three, just as he is, as the third option in that Cowboys offense. He can be a third, a wide receiver three for your fantasy team, and you're getting him right in that same range as Mike Williams. So I wanted to talk about him right here. Um, Gallup is somebody, it's crazy how late he's going. If As long as he stays, if he's in round nine or later, I will end up with a crap ton of Michael Gallup. And if his ADP sticks at 138-ish overall, uh, he's going to be on almost every one of my teams. So let's hope that he gets. But uh, yeah, I love some Michael Gallup. Jake, am I crazy? Am I? Is this Cowboys homerism going out of control? No, I don't think it's out of control. And I love Michael Gallup. I, I, I super loved Michael Gallup before they drafted C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a little bit weary because of the whole, you know, wide receiver three thing. But this is going to be an offense that's going to throw as much as any other team in the league probably this year. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. One of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you would know that my my defensive coordinator is your former head coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true that. So, yeah, I'll stick with one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, but I, I love Michael Gallup as a talent. And I think it kind of sucks that it might just take an injury to mm-hmm. Amari Cooper or to C.D. Lamb for him to pop off. Um, and actually, I don't even like the way I worded that because he I, I do think he's going to have games this year with both of those two. Everyone's active in the lineup. What's troublesome for me is you never know when that game is going to be. So unless you're playing Gallup in a pinch or in a bye week, um, which is great. I'd love to have Gallup be one of those, one of those substitute players in that situation. I don't know if I'm ever comfortable rolling them out there. If it's, you know, if your league's formatted two running backs, three wide receivers, I don't know if I love him as my third wide receiver, depending on how many teams are in that league. Uh, you said he's going what number overall? I was trying to 38. He's right behind. He's just right behind Mike Williams um, right now. So the, the thing that, and you mentioned like hard to predict what we saw last year, if you look at his game log, he was kind of, he was definitely up and down, but you've got to factor in that. Dak Prescott was only there for four games. Hmm. And unfortunately, we don't really have a lot of, uh, you know, a track record of this because Lamb was obviously a rookie last year. So we'll see how how this plays out for him. I think the other and the, and the last piece, and I will kind of point to this a lot, the money. Gallup's heading into a contract year, you know, so as much as that, that's another factor. I love the fact that while Cooper's an alpha, he doesn't demand 140 plus targets. He's around 120 target guy so there's plenty left on the bone for lamb and Gallup and jarwin to still get or whatever tight end to get his so i just think that you know williams and Gallup are two guys i'll probably own in a bunch of spots but I, and i just love the fact they're both in high volume passing offenses um yeah, with lots of talent 
looking at some of the wide receivers that are going right before him, like none of these guys jump out to me as, ooh, I would rather have that guy way more than Michael Gallup. Like LaVisca Chenault could work out for him this year. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis, I'm not excited about. Michael Pittman, I'm not very excited about. Jalen Waddle, I'm moderately excited about. You guys mm-hmm. clown me on that Jalen Waddle pick. <laughs> You're all suckers. Cole Beasley, Antonio, uh, Antonio Brown, I like. Marquise Brown, I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that range of wide receivers, you're gonna if you're gonna pick out Michael Gallup, I've got no problem with that. He kind of stands out to me. It's just I really wish he was in an offense where I mean it's hard to complain about the offense, right? But I wish he was in a spot where he had a quicker path to more consistent volume, where I felt comfortable plugging him in as a even a wide receiver too, and not being like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't just catch three balls and leave me with twenty yards today. And I feel like there's gonna be yeah. more than one of those games this year, but. He's also going to have a couple games where he goes for 100 yards and two touchdowns. I think that's going to just going to be the uh, the Cowboys' offense in 2021. What? Who's your? Uh, who's another sleeper for you, man? Mm, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, another guy that I brought up recently on this show. Um, I figured that a lot of the names that we were going to be bringing up here were going to be of the wide receiver persuasion. That's usually you know post round nine. You can capitalize on a lot of nice wide receiver values. But there isn't a lot of nice running back values at that point in the draft. However, at this point, as we check out ADP in early July, uh, there is some nice value there. And I like me some Trey Sermon, who's coming in at running back 45 right now, 129 overall. Um, And like Mike Williams, I feel like fantasy gamers are kind of they're, they're starting to catch on to the value that is Trey Sermon is, you know, running back 45. Uh, off the board right now, uh, but but again, I brought it up on a previous show. Jeff Wilson, he's going to miss the majority of the season with a knee injury. Kyle Shanahan, a coach who consistently likes to run a committee style backfield, meaning that Raheem Mostert, though maybe dubbed the running back one in that offense, isn't going to get workhorse style volume, um, and also meaning that Trey Sermon is going to get it. He's going to get his shot, and probably on day one, if you're if you're asking me. Uh, to be a factor in the run game and earn more playing time, earn more snaps, touches, carries early in the season. Um, This is a good offense, man. It's a spot where the running back is set up to succeed, and we've seen it time and time again from running backs that aren't necessarily anything special. And I've said it before. I don't think Raheem Mostert is anything necessarily special. He's got some speed. I don't know. I mean, you tell me this because in and when we did that mock draft, uh, I felt good about taking Trey Sermon. I can't remember exactly which order I did it, but I went back to back. I took Trey Sermon and I took Michael Carter, um, two guys who kind of fall into that range. Actually, Michael Carter might be just being taken before round nine. I feel like I would have wrote his name down here. Yeah. So uh, just so I'll, I'll go good. through. Uh, you took Carter in round eight towards the end of round eight and then came back with sermon at the beginning of round nine. So as far as for what, uh, ADP shows right now at fancy pros, that was a little bit earlier on sermon than he's going, but I don't think that that's the wrong spot to take him. If that, like, you know, I I think round, you know, round eight for Carter round nine for sermon. Those are two really good dart throws. You pair at that point, you had Dalvin cook and Antonio Gibson. So, and then you load it up on the receiver position. So those guys are one of them just needs to be a running back three. And those were great values. Do you prefer Michael Carter to Trey Sermon? Because I'm not sure I do. Um, so straight up, if they were in a vacuum, I'd take Carter. But the problem is Carter is going two rounds earlier than Trey Sermon in ADP. 
Um, so even one round, like I will take the later of the two. Um, and the good thing is, is that if he's your running back three, like what they either of those guys would have been your running back three or running back four, if you take him in around eight or nine or later, is that you do not need these guys to hopefully plug into your lineup the first few weeks. You can let let it play out a little bit. You know, if Sermon's a starter by round or by week four or five, that's the time you start. You need him, right? When bye weeks start kicking up. I think sometimes when we look at these position battles, I don't really give a crap who starts week one. Who's going to be starting, you know, by week five or week seven or, you know, you know, yeah, you don't want these guys to drag all the way to the very bitter end and then finally get touches where you're, you know, dead in the water at kind of like what we saw from maybe acres as an example, like took him a long time to get going. But I think, you know, Sermon does have a path to playing time. And if he's being drafted that late, he's not somebody you're counting on in your core. So I will take the later of the two. If Sermon's being drafted here, who man, I love that because I think that him and Carter are very, very, very close. So I'll just take whoever's later. That's kind of a cop out, but <laughs> it is. A, it's a little bit of a cop out. I was going to say ADP aside, I might prefer Trey Sermon, mm-hmm. and I think just maybe the uh, the their respective offenses are enough to tip the scales for me. Like I'm still very much staying away from anything. I'm not going to have many Jets on any redraft teams this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say maybe Elijah Moore, but probably not even Elijah Moore. Um. But Trey Sermon in this 49ers offense, I just love everything about it. I believe in Trey Lance. I'm assuming the, the guy's going to start some games. Um, and I think a lot of people are get, would prefer Michael Carter in this hypothetical that I'm proposing because it seems like he uh, he has just a, that quicker path to an RB1 type workload. Like he doesn't have any, really any competition. It's going to be his ball in New York and people love that, right? Volume is king in fantasy football. But I, I I think that Trey Sermon is just going to have such a higher ceiling playing in that 49ers offense, regardless of the fact that he's splitting carries with Raheem Mostert, besides the fact that he's the lesser half of a running back committee uh, mm. in San Francisco. I think that he's going to have some nice games. I think he's going to show out early in the season. And I think he's going to earn some more touches early in the season. Yeah, I, I definitely think that he's an intriguing guy. He's definitely I think he'll get more hype as we get closer to the season. So he's, his ADP is going to go up. But if he's sitting there even around eight or nine, I think that's somewhere where you can take him with with uh, with confidence that you're you're taking a nice little a nice scratch off ticket of anything else. And with with Jeff Wilson now out of the way um, and to be and to to kind of put a bow on it, because Sermon was one of my sleepers as well. So we have some overlap there. I knew that he would probably be on your list. Um, the NFL likes Trey Sermon apparently better than, oh, yeah. than Michael Carter because Sermon was a third round pick. Carter was what a fifth round pick, early fifth, yeah. I think. But still, like you know, that's something to consider. That the 49ers thought enough of Trey Sermon to spend that pick on him, and this is a team that you know knows damn well that they can just kind of plug anybody in there. Um, now they did take another running back later too, but th- again, this is just a team that long term is going to need some bodies. You know, chances are, you know, from a dynasty perspective, some of these Mostert, Wilson, those guys will be gone. So. 49ers needed to kind of stock up a bit um, at that position in some way over the next 12 months and just decided to do it in the draft. So, And you mentioned that that hype train. It seems like every time I update that uh, NBC Edge app, there's like something about Trey Sermon. He just can't stay off of there. Just today, the yeah. Athletics' Matt Barrows said, uh, the 49ers want to run the ball 500 times in 2021. For reference, they ran the ball 437 times in 2020. That was 14th in the league. 500 would have been fourth in the league last year. Um, just to recap that that 
headline, the Athletics' Matt Barrows said the 49ers want to run the ball 500 times. So I don't know if Matt Barrows is in the locker room, if he has dinner with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I don't know what his affiliation is with the team or if this is just a hunch that he's going off of, but those headlines, they're going to get me every single time, man. And Matt Barrows, you know it. He knows it. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of attempts for sure and that could be out there i know last year they they didn't have the season they were hoping for obviously gonna be hoping to play from ahead a little bit more this season and with trade and with lance potentially a quarterback for part of the year that's gonna uh, affect those attempts as well so i like the pick with trey sermon i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to go ahead, else go ahead. Start, i'm sorry but no, go ahead, i really think trey lance starts week one where do you you don't you don't think so you think it's gonna be jimmy garoppolo week one yeah Probably Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> sucks so bad. He's gone out there and done nothing but shit the bed. I don't know, man. I mean, unless they just genuinely do not think that Trey Lance is ready and that he's going to go out there and get stomped week one. I don't see why they're even wasting I, their time unless it's to get a better draft pick, which is lousy. I think the tough, I think the tough part is with these rookies and especially when you're a contending team is just, you can't go the other way. You can put out, Jimmy G and bench his ass by weeks three or four, but you can't do the other way. You can't put Lance out there and then bench him because that'll just freaking kill his confidence, right? Like you know, so let Jimmy G see what see what you got. If he loses even first two games, yank the cord and you're you're done with him. But I think uh, that's how it goes, bro. <laughs> Look at all these teams that had that bring in these young starters. Where they have a guy and they then they think they're contenders. Like the one that jumps out to me, and again, this didn't work out in hindsight for the Bears, regardless. But when they drafted Mitch Trubisky, they did not start him right away, even though they didn't have any other great options. I think they had Mike Glennon. They still rolled out another veteran quarterback to start the year and then shifted to him. So I don't know where uh the other thing I like to point to, and I won't even risk looking this up because well, then, you know what? Let's just what? bench Trevor Lawrence. Where's they don't have us? They don't have a veteran starter, and that team sucks ass. So they don't need to worry about it. San Fran is a contending team, so they they they'll roll with Jimmy G to start the year. I I think I think that Lawrence and Wilson will be the only guys to start week one of this rookie. Or yeah, even Mac Jones. I don't know, man. I, I think those two are the only ones right now. Austin Fields. Nah. Oh, no. okay. So it's gonna be Dalton, the Dalton sacrifice week one against <laughs> the against against the Rams, and then week two they'll move to Fields back at home the and a Dalton cake sacrifice. They're not gonna oh. let Aaron Donald go out there no. and smash the future of the franchise. No, absolutely not. So uh, the other, and I won't, and I won't even try. But uh, the, look at bye weeks too. You know, if that was the one thing that like back when. Uh, when the bears drafted Mitch, like they had a week five by, I think it was, or something like that it was like, those are good. Or those are kind of times some where you see changes of the guard, you know, when they have two weeks to install a different game plan. So anyway, uh, I like the call with sermon. I'll keep it with the running backs. You mentioned not going too deep with Mike Williams. I didn't really go too deep with this guy. He was right on the edge mid round 10. Oh, I know but, you're going to pick, I but know. another running back that I, that I really like is Gus Edwards. Ooh, uh, you're gonna pick. Uh, running back 41. Uh, he's going behind both Buffalo running backs for whatever reason. Uh, he's going behind Michael Carter right now. He's ahead of Naeem Hines, Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray. Um, has had over 130 attempts the last two seasons, uh, 144 last year, and that was with the corpse of Mark Ingram being you know, put out there the first part of the season. 
So they just paid Gus Edwards again, just like guys are players are playing for that money. You can tell from teams what they think of players, and they just gave Gus Edwards a two-year extension. Um, J.K. Dobbins is going to be a beast, but this is a team that runs the ball a ton, and uh, there's going to be plenty there for Gus Edwards. And in a situation where he, you know, I don't really think he uses a straight handcuff because you don't need somebody else to, you don't need Dobbins to go down for Edwards to be, you know, usable. Um, I think Edwards is somebody that you could uh, in a half PPR that you could plug in in a flex in your bye weeks. And if for some reason Dobbins did miss time, then Edwards would be a top 15 running back um, just because any running back that offense is extremely valuable based off of how they run the ball and how committed they are to running the ball there. So plenty of attempts to go around. I like Gus Edwards. If he goes up at, unlike Sermon, whereas like Sermon could go into round eight and I'm taking a shot. If Edwards en- ups, ends up in round eight, I don't know if I like it, but if you give it to me in round 10, um, maybe even late round nine, I'm okay taking that shot on a running back in the best rushing offense in the league. Um, so uh, not the guy you thought I was going to go with, I guess, but I'm going to go with Gus Edwards. He's the highest uh, picked player from the sleeper list for me, um, but uh, a running back that I do like going as running back 41 off the board. So give me Gus Bus. Thoughts on uh, on Edwards? I love it, man. Uh, Gus Edwards. He he's one of those guys who just never never gets his due. Like the guy is sort of a baller. And one of the stats I always like to reference with Gus Edwards is his um, his yards per carry or his true yards per carry is even better on PlayerProfiler.com. They discount breakaway runs of I want to say it's like twenty or more yards just to give you more a more so you don't have one crazy run completely ruin your yards per carry yeah. and look completely inflated. Um, but I'm looking at 2018, 2019 and 2020 and Gus Edwards is at the the top of the pack every single time. Um, I just lost him here, but, uh, there he is, uh, 4.8 yards per carry, 4.9 yards per carry, five yards per carry. The, I don't know what it is about the guy, but he makes it work. And if it's, if he, if he can make, if he can make it work in the context of, an offense like Baltimore that's just going to run the ball like crazy, then I'm all in on it. Um, I don't know, and I'm sorry if you mentioned this already because I was looking up that true yards per carry stat, but mm-hmm. the difference in ADP between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards has to be drastic. Like, Oh, yeah. So Dobbins is going at 27th uh, on average uh, in half PPR, running back 14 off the board, and Gus Edwards is going as running back 41, 115th. Um, on average in half PPR over at fantasy pros. So yeah, the price tags are, are crazy, you know, like it, it's, it's similar to the gap between Mostert who's going in round five, I think, and, and sermon. Um, so again, just getting a piece of those, that rushing offense for so cheap and a guy that I think going to see a hundred and I don't think it's out of the realm to see 170 attempts. No. Um, the only thing that, the only thing that stinks is just nobody in Baltimore is going to catch passes. Like literally no one. Um, and especially not the running back. So uh, you can't count on that floor, but if you're looking at, you know, 10 touches as a floor, as a floor, 10 to 12 touches as a floor. And then the upside of maybe a handful of weeks as the guy, um, you know, I, I, you can definitely just play the matchups. And when Baltimore is going to be ahead going with Gus Edwards, man, he's been the guy, he's been that running out the clock guy um, for them. So that's a guy that I think you can pick and it's a nice scratch off in round 10. Yes, uh, especially in a situation where, like you said, neither running back is going to catch passes. And we don't and like the 49ers situation between the, the two running backs. We don't really know how they're going to split up carries between 
uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, but no Mark Ingram in the picture now. So uh, I'm on the Gus bus with you, man. I, I'm all in on that uh, that nice ADP that Gus Edwards is bringing to the table. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep this let's keep this bus moving. And uh, you, who's uh, your th- third now? What's what we, just go ahead, sleeper. What do you got? <laughs> oh man, this you're gonna love this pick. This pick here is booming. Some might say. Oh God, I knew this was gonna be on the list, folks. Wide receiver, forty-four. I mean, one hundred and sixteen overall. Oh, I didn't download the drum roll build up. Oh man, Antonio Brown, come on. This is another one, though, that uh, the fa- the fantasy community, I think, is kind of starting to come around on. You snuck it in there on that episode you had with Memphis. It was just you two, but you said something nice about Antonio Brown, <laughs> and I was going to sound clip it and play it on this show because you've been giving me shit every time I bring up Antonio Brown, but I think you know deep down the dude has still got it. Uh, I feel like any given week, it's going to be one of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans or Antonio Brown, like how we talked about with the Dallas wide receiver situation. It's going to be one mm-hmm. of these three wide receivers is going to put up 130 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I, I truly just believe that's how the situation is going to be this year in Tampa Bay. And you're never going to know which one of those guys it is, but I'm not sure AB's odds of being that guy on any given week or that much worse than Mike Evans or Chris Godwin on any given week. And that being said, you can either pay up for Evans or Godwin in the fourth round, in the fifth round, or wait until the ninth or tenth round, wherever AB is falling in August, and capitalize uh, on on that sick Antonio Brown value. Yeah. Uh, last season, Brown saw his first game action in Tampa in Week Nine. It wasn't until Week Seventeen that AB saw his first snap share over eighty percent. What did the dude do? He went out there and caught eleven passes, one hundred thirty-eight yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people view Antonio Brown like in the same light as how that you view like Josh Gordon um, in the sense that like every you, you hear he's coming back in the league and you kind of view him as like a has been. He had his good years or in the case of Josh Gordon, he had his good year. <laughs> yes. But now it's like, well, he's whatever, 32 years old. He's the wide receiver three on the box. They've got an old quarterback and it's, I don't know. It's like the allure of what Antonio Brown was just a couple years ago. It just completely vanished. Um, it, it, and while, you know, while Josh Gordon is that has been, I don't think Antonio Brown is, man. I, I do believe he's still got it. I think he's still one of the upper echelon wide receiver talents in the league. Again, he was the best, the number one wide receiver in the league. And it was, I don't think it was that close uh, just a few years ago. So uh, I guess just to wrap that up, he's, he's certainly, uh, I don't want to say a psycho. He's a he's a little <laughs> he's a little off his rocker, but he yeah. didn't, he didn't forget how to play football in the past couple of years, and he's catching passes from a guy that he undoubtedly has some sort of connection with in Tom Brady. I think yeah. now that there's some sort of comfort level with him returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's not this weird off season he has with all these questions. Where am I going to play? Uh, how much money am I going to make? Where am I going to sign here? You know. Yeah, uh, he had a suspension he was dealing with. Now he comes in clean slate. Let's just play football. Let's get back to doing what Antonio Brown does and just light it up. So I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where people are going to have Mike Evans on the roster, Chris Godwin on the roster, and they're going to be cursing to the skies because they're going to be watching <laughs> Antonio Brown 
trotting down the field and doing some sort of new patented <laughs> touchdown dance. It's just uh, he's one. He's one of those guys. Yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> uh, He's uh he's one of those guys. He's not like he's not just a super good wide receiver. Like he's a step above that. And I just don't think that that yeah. just vanishes over a season or two. I think he's still very much got it. And uh, maybe all that being said, I'm I'm very much in on Tom Brady still this year. That's a hell of a, a trio of wide receivers. What do you think of Antonio Brown? Give it to me, I, Kyle. I, I like I like it a lot. I, the value is really what it comes down to. You're talking Mike Evans, 37th overall. So you're talking early round four, right? If yeah. my math is correct, and then Chris Godwin is just a handful of picks after that, and I like those guys, but I'm con- I don't draft them because I'm concerned that AB is going to eat into that. So why aren't we taking Antonio Brown a little bit earlier? Antonio Brown doesn't even have the highest ADP in his own family uh, right now. Hollywood Brown is even going ahead of him that by is, a couple. Picks. That is so <laughs> stupid that someone I can't even fathom taking Marquise Brown in the same round as Antonio Brown. He, he, he's going to jump. Uh, I, I'll reward the people for watching live. David said, uh, he said, you guys are great. That's a great way to get on the show. Compliment hey, us. Dave. He's making making notes like Jerry for his SFB satellite draft. So I appreciate you tuning in, David. And again, as always, check us out on YouTube. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll do a better job of posting when we're going to be going live because uh, we don't have a set time, but usually Monday nights, we just uh, this week, a little bit later. But uh like to call an AB. Why is your 44 overall? think that is going to go up. He's behind some really bad day Marquise Brown he's behind uh Devontae Parker um it just he's behind like the running backs behind Devin Singletary he's behind a lot of tight ends that are really not very good I think he'll probably get around 40 um that's where Brandon Cooks Jerry Judy are um I think he's closer to those guys um than where he's at and again that's a pretty big gap that's about 20 picks so um overall so I think he has some room to move up and I like the taking that shot on a B uh, I'm going to roll into another receiver. This guy is going, where is it? Where'd you say Antonio Brown was going? Antonio Brown was going. Yeah. Yeah. I had him yeah. as 116 close enough. Yeah. So, uh, just a, a little bit after that, uh, is an ADP is you mentioned him kind of in passing, but Lavishka Chenault 49th overall amongst receivers, 127 overall round to mid round 11. Uh, he's going behind the Brown brothers. He's going behind Waddle. He's going behind Cole Beasley. And he's just ahead of that group of the Mike Williams, Michael Gallup. I, while I do actually like, uh, I, I like him in that same tier with Gallup and, and Williams. And I, if I really had to be honest, I'd probably take Gallup over Chenault, but I still like Chenault's value as wide receiver 49 off the board. Jacksonville combined amongst their trio of garbage can quarterbacks last year through the ball 616 times. That is a lot. And you know why they had to do that? Because that defense is hot garbage. It'll continue to be hot garbage. That is way too much to patch up and turn it around in one season. They will continue to play from behind. So as much as they want to be a running offense, which we saw on uh, you know headlines about, and, and that's all great, and I, I like the running backs there, I think Chenault definitely has the opportunity to you know put up a solid wide receiver three season, and he's being drafted almost outside the top 50. Uh, at this moment. So he had 79 targets as a rookie in 14 games, third amongst receivers in Jacksonville. Keelan Cole is actually second. He's, he's no longer, uh, I believe he's no longer there. Correct. If I think he's a jet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, they had some fluff pieces about Keelan Cole in New York. Uh, and then somehow Chris Conley had 63 targets. So I think there's some to be moved around a bit uh, in this offense. I think Chanel will take that step. I really like Chark, but when you look at, again, it's kind of what we've been talking about the difference in, the price tag you have to pay for DJ Chark versus LaVisca Chanel in this offense. 
Um, I definitely like the value. So uh, he's a guy that I'll be targeting for reference. Chark's going around 80th overall wide receiver 30. So, um, you know, you're talking about 50, 60 picks later. Um, you know, I, I like the taking the shot on Chenault there. If he goes any earlier, though, I'm probably not going to be taking him in round eight. You know, uh, I'm not going to get the hype train going um, that much. But uh, I like Chenault for now if you can get him in the double digit rounds. So any uh, any thoughts on Chenault? He does. He is going after your boy, A.B. So, you know, you don't have to tell him that much. As he should be going <laughs> after A.B. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm having. I guess I, I have a hard time getting excited about Lavisca Chanel because I don't see much of a ceiling for him, mm-hmm. which is justified, I suppose, if you're drafting him where he's where he's being taken. Um, but I, this is another one of those offenses, and I feel like there's a few of them this year where I really have trouble ranking their wide receivers. Like I feel like they could land in any order this year. Um, as far as fantasy points scored, and and it wouldn't surprise me. Like if Marvin Jones is the wide receiver one in that offense, you're not going to see me surprised at all on this show. And, and Lavisca is number three, Chark's number two. I mean, I could totally see it playing out that way. At the same time, Lavisca is one of those guys who, when he was drafted into the league, I was all about it. There's something about this guy. Like he is different. He's like, uh, he's like sort of got like that running back build as a wide receiver. I just hope and i'd imagine that he would but um i'd I'd like to see urban meyer work him out in that way when i I did actually you know i I always say i'm not much of a tape grinder or anything i don't watch a lot of college shit i did watch some of lavisca's tape uh at colorado and it's so cool the way that they would use him in the wildcat formation and they would use him as a running back uh you know just have him line up out of the backfield and run from there i think uh that's just a cool uh versatile element that he brings to his game so if we could see some of that mixed in with some Trevor Lawrence magic, then I'm all about it. But when it, it, you know, it, it's, it's LaVisca Chenault versus Marvin Jones, DJ Chark. Tra- mm-hmm. I don't know how many passes Travis Etienne's going to catch this year. Yeah. So, and for reference to this came up in the, in the chat, uh, Marvin Jones, ADP uh, is about a round after Chenault. So going into without seeing any ADP is like a couple months ago, I was like, man, Chark's going to go probably in round six. And then I was like, I just thought Chenault was going to be around seven or eight, like not too far behind. And I was all about it. Like, give me Marvin Jones then, because I know he's going to be drafted late. Everyone hates him, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but with that only being a round difference, I think I'd rather take the shot on Chenault. Um, but Marvin Jones, for those same reasons, you know, there should be plenty of targets. Um, 600 plus of pass attempts is definitely on the table for this team. Um, so plenty of targets to go around. And if uh, if Chanel gets a little bit too rich, then just pivot to Marvin Jones and get him in round 13 or whatever. And uh, and, I'll, and I'll definitely take that. So a couple of wide receivers there. Jake, we'll kick it back to you. Who's next on your list? Yeah, I have a few more guys here. I'm not sure how many more I'm going to be able to fit in. So I want to make sure I get a nice deep sleeper. In I got there. I got two more. So, okay. uh, so, so pace yourself off of that. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, either way, I wanted to mention this guy because I'm super hyped up about him. He's a rookie. You know him. You love him. He's on Twitter at Kyle Month 8. But he's on. he's with the show year round. I don't know. <laughs> Look, folks, Rondell Moore. I like this guy a lot. Oh, I, yeah. I think that uh, he can contribute as soon as this year. Look, man, someone has to emerge as the wide receiver, too, in that offense, right? And no one's talking about Rondell Moore, uh, the 18-year-old freshman at Purdue. I know I've read his stats on this show before. Um, as a freshman at Purdue, rather, 114 passes he caught for 1,200 yards and 12 
touchdowns. This dude is a beast. Uh, and could you ask for a better situation for a, a young rookie wide receiver to develop in than playing alongside DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green, like two of the best wide receivers of the past decade? Not to mention he has this prolific passer in Kyler Murray uh, that he's going to be catching passes from one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the game. Uh, one of the more respected offensive head coaches in the game and Cliff Kingsbury. Um I, I just think that this man's got everything going for him this year. And I, I'm really, really betting on the talent. The only, you know, what people want to shoot down real quick with Rondell Moore is his size. And it, <laughs> yes. it's, you, you can say it's bad. The dude checks in five inches shorter than Devontae Smith, who's a guy that we all talk about his size. Devontae Smith's too small. Five inches smaller is Rondell Moore. Now he does weigh in around 11 pounds heavier. So he kind of like fills out that frame. He's not as uh, much of a stick figure as Devonte Smith ends up looking like out there. Um, he, he didn't bench press at the combine, but there's videos of him online doing 24 reps, which for reference is three less than DK Metcalf put up in 2019. Oh, what up DK? Where you at, bro? Yeah. Calling on, you bro. out DK Metcalf, <laughs> little Rondell Moore. He's putting up that weight. Um, but just to sum it up, man, I mean, you, you want pieces of good offenses, right? Arizona is going to be a good offense this year. I feel it. And I think Rondell Moore's sliding under the radar. We like to talk about our Jamar Chases and Jalen Waddles and Rashad Batemans. And uh, and he's a foot shorter than Kyler Murray. He's a foot shorter than Kyler. <laughs> These Aussie he's guys are funny, man. They crack me up. Uh I want pieces of good offenses, man. And this is where I'm going to get my piece on Arizona. I don't want to pay the super high price for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to pay the super high price for Kyler Murray. Uh, I don't want either of the running backs because yuck. But uh, I'll take my shot on Rondale Moore with the last pick of the draft. I'm, uh, I, I feel like those leagues that he doesn't get drafted in, and that's going to be a lot of leagues because his ADP currently right now is undrafted. Wide receiver 70, 219 overall. Yeah. Um, but a man, you could do a lot worse than than pick sixteen in your draft. I'm telling you, maybe you can just call it a feeling, an itch I'm getting. But Rondell Moore is going to be really, 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 really good. I don't even know who Christian Kirk is anymore. He he's a guy, especially too, that uh, we don't talk about because there's so many different settings. You know, when you talk about keepers and everything. But like, I'm in a bunch of leagues where you can keep the guy the next season or next two seasons or whatever at his draft price plus a round or plus two rounds or whatever. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of different settings with that, but like, if that's somewhere that you play, you know, in, in redraft keeper leagues, Rondell Moore is a guy that you, I would like, that's the kind of guy I'm penciling in at the end. Like, don't forget about this guy. Like would I draft him over some of these other guys in a straight redraft non-keeper? Probably not. But if I can sneak him in with my last round pick and think, Hey, maybe next year I get him for round 14 or 13 or whatever, um, you know, or however it plays out. Like I, I do like that. Cause he's a guy that's just not getting as much hype because there are some other bodies around, but he is uh, definitely a talented kid in a good offense. Um, I like that call. I'll piggyback off of that with uh, giving you guys just a little bit more Elijah Moore, because that's my oh, more of choice we knew, here. We knew that was coming. Uh, I love Elijah Moore, man. I think he can contribute right away. He's my wide receiver, my rookie wide receiver two in this class for 2021 redraft. Um, I, and he's going borderline undrafted too. 161st overall wide receiver 62. Uh, just for reference, Devonta Smith's going wide receiver 40, 109 overall. So that's all that's more than 50 picks 
uh, before Elijah Moore. Jalen Waddell is at wide receiver 45, 122 overall. So that's almost 40 picks before Elijah Moore. I think this is a kid that is going to see a lot of targets. He's a, he's a baller uh, and he's going to be uh, in an offense with a lot of unknown. So I totally get it, but I don't really love any of these rookie wide receivers besides Jamar Chase. So give me the guys that are being taken super, super late. Elijah Moore, maybe a little bit more on the radar than Rondell, but I think Moore is a guy that I think Elijah Moore is a guy that can see a lot of targets um, right out of the gate. I know they restructured Crowder and kind of put a damper on that a tad, but uh, this is a guy that uh, give me cheap, give me some cheap rookies. And both these guys are some good op- options. I like the Rondell Moore plays in a much better offense, but I think there's still some unknowns with this Jets offense that you're, you know, that's why he's cheap. And uh, so Elijah Moore was on my sleeper list. So I'll just double that up right off the top here and we'll see. I think we're going to be maybe we need to make some wagers. I feel like uh, as we get closer to the season, I think we'll have a little bit more on more crime going on here on this show. Cause I, I think oh, I yes. dig that some so. more wagers. Yes. Boom. Nice job. Uh, all right. Let's, let's do one more each. I have one more. Um, I'll let you kind of kick it. So give either however many you got, just throw it out there, bro. Okay, so I was going to maybe bring up the uh, whole Colt situation again because all three of those guys are being taken in this uh, round nine plus range, but I'm going to skip them. We've talked about the Colts before. Uh, You kind of get my feelings on that. Paris Campbell's underrated, Um, but how about the uh, the Buffalo wide receiver two situation? I I guess that's Cole Beasley, right? Uh, I I feel kind of the same as I did about the Arizona situation. It's like someone has to emerge as that wide receiver two. Uh, John Brown is gone 115 targets in 2019. He would have had a hundred and a hundred targets in 2020 had he played 16 games. Um, and, and again, like that Arizona situation, you want pieces of good offenses and Buffalo is going to be one of those offenses. Uh, Cole Beasley commanded a hundred targets in each of his past two seasons, both with Brown in the offense. There's no tight end of consequence on this team. That's going to end up commanding a significant target share. So, um, you know, you can maybe sing the Emmanuel Sanders song to me if you want to, who's who's being taken uh, 30 or so wide receivers after Cole Beasley, uh, practically undrafted. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to buy into Manny Sanders, though. I see you're getting all excited over there, but there's something about the pre-existing rapport Cole Beasley has in that offense. We've already seen him do it. We've seen him do it with John Brown in the offense. I tried to get excited about Manny Sanders last season and nothing freaking <laughs> happened. So what's going to happen this year in Buffalo, Kyle? Uh, I, I think, you know, if, if you're in a PPR league, you, you, you could draft Cole Beasley if you want, but there's just nothing attractive about having him on your squad. Like, okay, that's, you know what he could do. Emmanuel Sanders is free. He's freer than Rondell Moore right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll take that shot on uh, Emmanuel Sanders and, with my last pick. But uh, so you're going with Cole Beasley, I guess. Is that is that who we're settling on here? Yeah, that's who I'm okay. going to. Right. And you you nailed it. Settle on. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll go with my last guy, uh, and it's another running back. I actually took him in this uh, in the mock draft with Memphis and Jerry. The dude is being taken uh, outside of the. Of, I mean, he's double-digit rounds. He's mid-round 13 right now. Running back, 50 off the board, 150, 150th overall. That's Philip Lindsay. Oh, oh I was going to say it. I tried <laughs> to cut you off. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, give me this guy. I mean, I get it. Houston's going to suck. But uh, I think that this is the running back to own there. Uh, he's way behind David Johnson when you look at ADP. Uh, so there's a path to playing time. We've seen it from Philip Lindsay in the past. He can, be, he can do it between the tackles. Um, you know, I, I wish that we 
we, we knew that he was going to see some more targets that that would really put me over the top, but he's behind Daryl Henderson and Alexander Madison and ADP. He's ahead of Marlon Mack and James white. Like those are, those are carcasses on the side of the road. I'll take a shot on Philip Lindsay in mid round 13. There's a path to playing time there. And again, let's take a look at the money. David Johnson probably isn't going anywhere as far as being cut for four and a half million dead cap. Maybe they just say, who cares if, it, if he's really not looking good, but he was serviceable last year. They probably keep him on the roster. They brought in Mark Ingram right away. Like the minute someone said free in free agency, they signed Mark Ingram, but they only gave him a half million dollars guarantee. That's an easy cut. And Rex Burkhead, who they signed just a few weeks ago and added to this room, they he only has 125,000 guaranteed. Uh, Lindsay isn't huge, a huge guaranteed number, but he is a million dollars guaranteed. Um, these are all cuttable guys for sure, but they gave Lindsay the most guaranteed money of this group that they brought in here. So um, when he hit the market, got scooped up by Houston Texans. And uh, again, for free, I'll, I'll take Philip Lindsay and just see how it pans out. He's an easy cut, um, you know, after week one or two, if it's just not looking, you know, right. But this is a situation I'll be watching in preseason. You know, it's not uh, not somebody I'm thinking I'm going to fall into a uh, running back two for my team. But if he can be a bye week filler, um, that that's good value. So that's no, yeah, my last it, sleeper. I, I believe he's the best running back talent wise in that group at this point in the other running backs careers but um yeah man i, I like the call of philip Lindsay, especially if you are, are one of those people who believe there's going to be no deshaun watson this year i guess it's reasonable to believe the texans might lean a little more on the run in 2021 as evidence of their three running backs their three starting running backs so um yeah i think there'll be plenty there for philip Lindsay. i i like the pick and i think a lot of people are going to sour off of them because they're scared of david johnson and mark ingram which is not good process right and and, uh, you know, like I said, the guys that are going around him are just crazy. You know, you can, th- those guys don't really, th- those guys need injuries, you know, to be, to be valuable. Lindsay can just go and take the job, um, while it, while be it in a bad offense. So, uh, Jake, we did it this was probably our shortest show in a while, one hour, two minutes, <laughs> but we got, we knocked some sleepers out. I'm just happy. I made it through the whole episode. This is like the first one in a month. Um, and I don't have to edit anything. Thank God. So that, that that's always good times. But uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, sorry for a day later, but uh, with the holiday and stuff, moved it around. But uh, so you guys, we uh, listen to this on Thursday. If you missed us on YouTube, I will continue to post. I will get better about posting this out there. I did it today, giving you guys a time you can check us out. Thanks to everybody that was watching this live. Mentioned through some things in the chat. I'll try to integrate those here and there a little bit more too um because it just adds to the fun but uh jake any parting thoughts any last words before we sign off here my microphone's still being held up by a fork i've i put it under the table now i have it maneuvered in that way to try to get it and it's rested pretty well today so i think we're gonna stick with that but i'll let the i'll keep the audience updated all right good deal man well uh for jake and myself appreciate you guys tuning in rate and review the show if you like what you hear stay subscribed and if you're on youtube hang out uh, you're going to get another alert here in just a bit as the Warzone guys will be taking over. So we'll be back next week. We're going to be continuing through this month with some more, some breakouts, some busts. So stay tuned. We'll catch you guys next Monday night. We'll see you guys then.